dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source, a massive round 17. We say it every week, but uh, it certainly was, and it, it shapes the ladder. Some really, really interesting results there, Source, and uh, we gear up for a big round 18. Yeah, you're right. Last week shaped the ladder, but this week, every single game has um, significance going into the, the final series, going towards the end of the year, and could really impact seasons uh, um, going forward. We've already seen, you know, this week, uh, someone's season being uh, called a little short, <laughs> Stuart Jew, out on his... Uh, uh, on his backside and uh, Hardwick is replacing. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to go too early on that one, but uh, no, no, not not just yet. But uh, <laughs> everyone knows uh, the writings on the wall, and uh, Hardwick would have known before he left Richmond. I'm pretty sure that he would be coaching Gold Coast into next year, and uh, the AFL would approve that uh, very much so. And I'm I'm just trying to think of his relationship with players and if he's going to you know take any any Tigers over with him. It's funny that because, you know, if you look at uh, Brandon Ellis, when they were, he went to the club, when he went over there and said, oh, this is what I've been paid, and they said, lad, you need to go and take that. And now to going towards the end, you look at Dusty Martin, he's on a nice little deal there. He's tied up for another four years they're looking at, so take him up there. Probably the only one out of contract is actually Bolton. You can't imagine him heading across there but oh if they've got if they've got some cash he'd be a you know classy player good lifestyle up there in the the sun retire i know the buddy franklin's just uh he's headed over to the gold coast he's just bought a nice more nice big place it's an understatement a huge place over there in the gold coast so could be a a gateway drug for retired players up in the gold coast oh well better lifestyle up there you're not recognized at all uh walking around you know brisbane or the gold coast so it's uh yeah, much better lifestyle if you want to keep a, a low-key profile like uh, some of the, the party animals would love to. Yeah, and, and you know, it's probably not what Gold Coast need. To, to You know, they're right at the moment, they're on a, a pretty good uh, wicket. You'd say that most of their players are, are, are hitting towards their, their peak and you probably don't want to top up with older players because that's going to not solidify them into finals. But it might be nice to have a nice little... Uh, experience around some of those younger bodies and just at training and uh, fill up the pockets of the other lads as well. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, 10 plus years in the competition and they, they're yet to uh, do anything really. So they need to uh, get a move along. If Damien Hardwick up there can change that culture. I just remember the early days when he was at Richmond and 2016 was knocking on the door and they nearly, all of the fans wanted him out. So uh, we'll see if there's a repeat of that or... Or what will happen there? I know we're not a show that normally debates uh, this sort of stuff, Pez, but I've, I've literally walked in the door here. We've got straight to recording. I hadn't got your opinion on it, but I don't, I don't understand what the rush was to get rid of get rid of uh, Stuart Jude. Like, he's had his time there, but over the last, what, five years that he's been there, uh, did we expect them to make finals all those years? Like, this year we didn't expect them to make finals, I think, and they're still in contention for finals, I think. They're probably doing exactly what we thought. Like, you know, you look at the list that they've got and he's doing what it, with what he's got quite well, I'd say. All right. You don't love uh, uh, getting, you know, getting people out the door and, and saying their mm. career's over and all of that. But uh, with the last two weeks, they've played top two on the ladder mm. in yeah. Port Adelaide and Collingwood. So yeah. it hasn't been a horrible performance. They're they pretty beat, good against Port. They beat Hawthorne by 67 the week before. They were up against Port for a majority of the game, but we know they're not... Porter a benchmark of the competition at the moment and Gold Coast are nowhere near them. And you go before that, they had a really disappointing loss against Carlton, but they've struggled at the MCG their whole um, career in the AFL. But the week before, they had a really good win against the Adelaide Crows. So they've been playing well up there. And 
I, I don't think Stuart Jew's done much wrong. He's been really unlucky in a number of years with injury as well uh, to key players and just haven't been able to keep the, the crop on the park and then losing uh, talented players as well to other clubs who are contending for premierships hasn't helped the Gold Coast retention of players at all. So it's a really tough gig. We know Gold Coast is the graveyard. Uh, so we'll see if they can make it to year 20 or even year 15 uh, until they move over to Darwin. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, uh, exactly what you said. I think that if you look at his season this season, oh, that's a bit of a terrible sentence, but I think there's only two losses there that you probably say, and like, you know, you, they, they, they should have won those games. Maybe round one against the Swans, you know, grand finalists from last year, probably say that they, they you know, statistically should drop that one. We know what Sydney's doing at the end of it. And the other one, potentially, not even that bad, but potentially you look at the, the game against the Blues at the MCG. Other than that, they've done exactly what I'd expect them to do in a yep. young side. Win the games they need to win. You know, very much to what we described with Essendon last week. You know, they're, they're winning the games they need to. They had a big win last week, Essendon, a huge winner against Adelaide. But that's what you need from these teams. Just do what you need to do and they were in a winning, much wrong. They were in a winning position gather round against Freo yep. uh, and probably should have ended up winning that game. And then a winning position as well against Melbourne and, yeah. and could have stolen that there at the end as well. So that changes their whole season around. You, you look at where they are in the latter 13th. Uh, it's, it's not the best. That, what are they saying? Uh, is Stuart Jew going to go on a run for the end of the year, miss finals again, and then it's going to be harder to sack him? Like, it, it's just ridiculous. Every CEO that comes out and says, yeah, our coach is safe, uh, he's contracted, like, you, you can't believe anything that's said these days. I mean, in saying that, you look at exactly as it stands now, they're one win out of the eight. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, two, they're two wins out of the eight. Like, they're sitting 13th. Geelong is sitting there on 34 points. They're sitting there on 28. So they've got they're, seven they're, wins. They're two wins away from it. Like, seven, seven wins is good. Nine losses. Did anyone no. in the media or anywhere expect Gold Coast to have more than seven wins at this stage of the year? Not a chance. Not a chance. And I think that, you know, that look at the teams that have overperformed this year Adelaide. Essendon, possibly St Kilda, you know, GWS are starting to show that they're overperforming. Gold Coast has done exactly what we thought they've done. And, and that's what, at the end of the year, we said, there was the debate, a lot of people said, do they finish ninth, do they finish eighth? And I think they're going to finish around eighth or ninth. Like, yeah, they're going to finish probably a little bit lower, maybe 10th, 11th, but they're it's still in a fight. That's what you want. It's a classic wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, it because, really is. Because Dimmer Hardwick, his time, his tenure was up at Richmond and he's, he was looking for somewhere else. He wants to be a career coach. Mm-hmm. So he's made the smart move to, to head out early. I just worry for Stuart Jew because uh, does he get another chance somewhere? With, with Michael Voss's performance uh, after Brisbane going to Port Adelaide and then coaching Carlton, you wouldn't think that clubs are going to take a risk on a, or an already tried coach. To, to go at it again. So would Stewie Jew, you know, be at a, an Essendon or a, uh, a Carlton, something like that? I don't think those clubs will take that risk anymore. Do you know where I'd like to see him? And I, d- I doubt the AFL is ready for this sort of a, a take, but I'd like to see him in a club that's about ready. Like he obviously doesn't have, isn't really great at re, you know rebuilding a side because that's what he's had there every year has been a re- rebuild for the Gold Coast. But I'd like to see him in one of those sides like you know like potentially Essendon now he, that job's not open, but th- their list is getting ready. Possibly the Dogs like they could use a bit of a change up a younger guy coming in there who seems to be a players coach. You know possibly another one. Obviously it sounds really ironic, but like somewhere like Richmond where they're about that sort of cusp, they're about to you know they're probably going to go through a rebuild. Maybe he can but, take over Fagan. Uh, at Brisbane when he heads over to Tassie. Oh, yeah, just just, just, just do a whole rotation, the Queensland swap, you reckon, <laughs> and then oh, send one down. See but how they go. Yeah, but it's, we've t- taken a lot of time about that, and we don't normally talk about the hot topics, but and I think Stuart Jew is going to be um, – it, it's, it's a career killer because, unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time, and we know what happens in these circumstances despite everyone crediting what he's doing with that list. It's hard to come back from here, and he's been a really good assistant coach. He's obviously been a really good player in the AFL as well, and he's he seems like he's – 
making really good relationships with the players and uh, subbing out Ben King last week maybe was the final straw because Ben King maybe made the call to the CEO and said, hey, no, you sub like, me out. I don't, not, I don't didn't like, like this. that at all. So, <laughs> and yeah. especially when now this week they've got King replacing him in the, in the, in the coach's box. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh Stephen uh, King, sorry. Both, both Kings <laughs> last Saturday night were subbed out, one with an injury, one just because of poor form. And then now the other King steps up and takes the other job and, oh, he's probably going to play Ben King up forward. And I'm sure David maybe, King's got something stupid to say about it as well. So all the Kings are up and about. <laughs> I can't think of any other Kings off the top of my head. I wasn't uh, expecting that. But uh, we'll get into our round 18, which uh, started off with a with a really good Thursday night. Yeah, and one more King in my... Uh, in my are we talking about Kings? No. Oh, we're getting into the bet slip <laughs> or bet review. review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Now, uh, this is amazing that this worked out. Uh, we, we went down for a bit of a feed and, and a few drinks at the pub. and The the Union, great, great pub for it was, a Thursday night footy. And it was, it was up, up and about, about, wasn't it? It was everywhere. And then um, uh, it was amazing because we were head-to-head again. And uh, I was going to go up about 300 points on you. Oh, you're back on so this. So I had Richmond uh, at $1.85 and you jumped on Sydney originally um, – at, uh, I think it was about $2, was $2 or something. Three. But then you, you jumped on them at $1.90 a little bit later because you forgot to put it on your set or something yep, like I did. that. It was not very good. And then we, we tweeted out and the, the mug, mug punter tweets who uh, enjoys the tweets and we enjoy his tweets as well. He's <laughs> tweeted out, boys, just 50 on the table, don't go through the bookie. And I'm thinking, shit, we'd both get $2 odds. You whack 50 down on the table. Winner takes all. But... A better thing happened. Even better. Is well, well, it wasn't as better. It wasn't better for me, but <laughs> not, not as good for you. So we did do that. Uh, whacked fifty down on the table, um, and we were head to head Richmond and Sydney. Sydney started off on fire. Sydney were over twelve points up at half time. So you got paid out on blue bet there, Sauce. And I did. We're winning, having a, a ripper night, thinking Sydney were going to win. You were going to take the other fifty as well and yeah. have a really profitable night. But Richmond was getting, were able to come back. Getting into the uh, Richmond supporters in front of us. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. A, it was a good, good old night. Popeye. It was <laughs> It was a great night. He definitely was a one-eyed Richmond supporter. Yeah, Layla from uh, Futurama there. But um, <laughs> we'll go. That's <laughs> that's an inside joke that it's a podcast and you're not able to explain it. Well, uh, literally had one eye. But, so. but Richmond had the win, so I, I take the win there on the pod. You take the win on the pod for Sydney, and then I take the little bragging rights and the their fifty cash as well. So uh, in, enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, I had some, a couple of singles on that one, but they came away with a bonus bet. As I said, the, the money line, the Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood game. Um, I, I thought I had the read right with this one. Bontempelli gets his 25 Trelaw. Had a quiet night, really surprising against Collingwood, who seems to just give away possessions to uh, anyone, realistically. But uh, Trelaw just had an off night, which, which happens. So yep. I had a bonus bet in that one. Now, speaking of that one, I, I, I spoke about it uh, on the pod last week that I liked Trelaw over 29.5 for the value he was going. I ended up staying away from it that night, sources. I was messaging you before the game. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay away, enjoy the Friday night. Uh, but I, I still think it was value. But if you have a player to get 30 plus, if they have one shit quarter, one, one pretty crappy yeah. quarter, uh, and they get five or less disposals, you're behind the eight ball there because they need to have some really big quarters and 10 and 11 disposals like a like a Lockie Neal or something like that. So uh, we end up going there. I had two signal, signal, uh, singles as well on Richmond-Sydney. So I had Baker over 18 and a half, and I said I was weary about his role. He played up forward there, Source, and ended up with 13. So that was, that was no good. And then Taranto, again, quiet quarter, 
ends on 29, so lose by the hook, and uh, it wasn't too good there. So, uh, But we, we head to GWS Hawthorne. Yes, we both do. We, we, we did, and we spoke about this on the show, and this is something that you know we've been targeting against Hawthorne. We've been looking for those key forwards, and the last couple of weeks the bookies have crunched in, uh, and there have you know have not been no value with it. But we saw some value in a Hogan. Um, he's one of those forwards that uh, is their obviously key forward, is their big forward, but the one number one forward at GWS is, uh, is Toby Green, and he was in absolute form, but. We, we called it early, Pez. I put my bonus bet on this one, two units, and I went the four goals. I went a little bit greedy. You had the, the three goals. I had the three goals to be safe because I really liked it. I had the two units on it at $2.70. And, uh, yeah, you ended up chucking your bonus on it at four-plus goals, and it ended up absolutely amazing for both of us because it just happened. And the reason he was value source is because the week before – he, he didn't kick any goals because it was a really low-scoring affair. And the week before that, he had off. So when players do that or they go through a thing of form, people you know, all the time are on Twitter going, oh, they've kicked a goal in the last 13 matches. But they're, you know, if they're bound to miss one, I, I don't mind if they've missed one in the last or missed two in the last five matches if I think they've got a good matchup. And Jesse Hogan here had a really good matchup. He could have sealed this a little bit earlier. Uh, I would have liked that, but it got a nice free kick to get his fourth goal in that last quarter there. Yeah, but to, to, to sum up what we were saying is this trend against Hawthorne, those bigger forwards, you can tell it in the stats in this game. Jesse Hogan for, for the Giants, obviously, he was targeted uh, inside 50 14 times, nine more times than any other player. There's a real deficit for Hawthorne playing against those bigger forwards. And There's yes, we, we were in a prime spot because he you know missed the week before the week before, and he had a shocker the one before that. But that is where the deficit is, and there is money on the table if you can find the right forward against Hawthorne. And we've seen it week after week. Yep, and I think it's going to be crunch this week. We're looking at North Melbourne, so you, you know you're looking at Nick Larkey, and he he kicks goals all the time, so he's going to be really short. But we'll get into that in he, our he bets. Is he is really short. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so. Um, the Sunday I had uh, we both did. We both had Adelaide uh, to win, and the Essendon supporters would be tuning in, going, "What do you guys have to say about this?" Because Essendon started on fire, absolutely on fire, ripped the game open in the first quarter, and that was about about it for the day because Adelaide could not climb back from that first quarter deficit. Yeah, and Essendon could have put it away a lot earlier and lot Adelaide earlier. Adelaide made it look a lot better at the end yeah, and oh, to only be 18 points, time. but Essendon absolutely dominated in this one. They've been up and down. They're sitting fifth on the ladder and with their list and, and where they're sitting there with nine wins is actually quite impressive because uh, I had them rated really low and I, I still do. I, I don't think they'll um, show anything, but, you know, Brad Scott, he seems like the right man for the job. He's getting the cattle to... Uh, do what he can, even though they don't tackle through the middle of the ground. They didn't need to because Adelaide didn't put any pressure on them going the other way and uh, they were able to use Peter Wright to advantage. They had um, uh, Langford down there as well and they were just uh, all over them on Sunday. And what I like for this for, for Essendon, it's, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, I have not been Essendon's uh, greatest fan or you know one of their supporters and I haven't believed in them. But they're doing what they should have done a couple of years ago. They're winning the games they're meant to win. In Melbourne, playing a side that only wins at home in Adelaide, they get the win done. And that's what they need to do, and they need to continue that. They'll probably sneak into finals this year because I think their run towards the end of the year gets a little bit tougher. Uh, they'll probably finish sixth or seventh. They may win, they may lose in the final. History says anything, they'll probably lose. But that's a great start for us. 
them building. They've got some really nice uh, some players in that midfield. Darcy Parrish looked a lot better in that midfield. It looked a lot more natural. Uh, Merritt's been in you know all Australian form this year. They still have a couple of pieces that they're missing. I'd still like to see them have a, a probably more of a two-headed uh, forward line. Stringer firing a little bit more often with a big you know two-meter Peter. It needs to be more consistent. And down back they need a you know a proper key defender defender to go up against those big mid uh, uh, big forwards. But they're looking good, Essendon. So you know I'm definitely I'm happy. I'm happy excited for Essendon fans that they're, they're going to play finals again this this year and um, found found something in late. Exactly right. Um, Guelph is playing good as that that small forward. I don't think there's a spot in this team for for Tip and Woody with uh, Jai Menzi up up forward as well. Martin looking decent up on the wing as well. So they they overpossess the footy. It's just when they get the pressure put on them. Uh, they they crumble a little bit. So high pressure, high intensity games is not good. I thought Adelaide were able to bring that, and they weren't able to bring it away from home. They've been really inconsistent. So yeah. Adelaide's a uh, and a no trust away well, from Adelaide. They're, they're literally the gone win loss, win loss, win loss uh, for the last I think six rounds, and that coincides with the, also their home games as well and playing lesser sides away. But yeah, and let's, let's get into the, to the lesser sides away. Uh, let's start off with your your final round. Yeah, so <laughs> round 17, uh, it didn't end up being great. I had the Richmond win and the Hogan win, but because I put too many singles on, I, I picked Baker uh, wrong. I, he played he played forward and only got 13, and Taranto losing by the hook, and then Adelaide completely balls it up, uh, minus 0.75 units. So stay around the same area for a profit for the season for 17.77 units. Which is still good. It's still, still it's win. You know, you had a, had a pretty shocking round, and you went down 0.75, uh, it's 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 hard when you have those singles pairs sometimes, but you, as you said, you thought you had the read and you just missed the read read on on two or three of them. Yeah, so I I wasn't confident speaking about Baker, was I? With uh, I think I might get his thing wrong, and it was. But, but what didn't help you, is you had a couple of beers on the way to, to my place, and yeah, then you were all over yeah. it. <laughs> or when you missed by the hook, uh, it, it hurts, but they'll go your way uh, consistently over the long run, uh, and it'll even out. Yeah, they will. For me, round seventeen, I bounced back to form. I had seven units staked, uh, three seventy profit for me, and ROI fifty two point eight five for the season. One hundred and twenty nine point eight units staked, and forty seven point zero one. Uh, hitting closer to at one stage, I, I thought I was going to get the fifty. Close to fifty, um, but then yeah, a little bit disappointing to, to finish with forty-seven. But still up and about, and uh, continuing that uh, going into this week. What we do have, both of us, is one bonus bet as well to use. Yeah, we uh, do. Coming up in the week, which is uh, really handy. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about fifty meters out. I was with a mate, and. Um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi, do you want, do you want some as well? And I, I said, oh yes, yes, yes. No messing about in this one, straight into the specials. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, and uh, here we go with the specials. We've got the Blue Bet 12-up special for every single game, which uh, came off for one of the first times for the season source and benefited both of us last week. We have Sports Bet. We've got the same game, Multi, the second chance, just two legs you need. Uh, if any of them lose or all of them lose, you still get a bonus back on the Thursday and Friday night games. Uh, Neds have a 12-up payout on the Friday night clash, and Tab didn't have it at the start, but they ended up bringing it the three-plus league same-game multi-special for every game except for the Thursday night game here. So it's only Friday to Sunday game. So they're starting to wean that 
special off a little bit, I think, uh, in tab. Nothing else that I saw. We don't speak about that other company and we're all good. We're all good. Let's get into, um, as I said, round 18, which every game has some sort of meaningful context for the season, whether it be, a, you know, solidifying a top eight spot, you know, certifying a home final in the in the, uh, the the home run or keeping your season alive. And, you know, some of these teams need to win every one uh, on the way home to make finals. And we start things off with Sydney taking on the Dogs. $1.75 favourites are the Swans. $2.08 outsiders, the Dogs. Minus four and a half is the line. Over under, 165. Sydney were disappointed last week. In that last quarter, they really faded away. They could have put Richmond to bed, but they didn't. Disappointing last quarter. The Dogs, well, they looked pretty good last week. Yeah, except for that period in the third quarter when Collingwood just went bang, bang and kicked about six in a row. Like uh, The Dogs were all right. There was a couple of players that I thought looked a little bit strange, and Bailey Smith's been spoken a lot about online uh, with his role. He's out with illness this week, which is really interesting. Uh, well, he came out today, I think, actually, and they, they talked about his mental health um, yep. stuff. So and I, I thought that'd be connected yeah. to that as well, especially which, which with I, the, which I think is quite weird that they've actually put on there as an illness. Like it's it's I don't know if that's tasteful enough or whatever. Maybe managed. Yeah, managed, managed would have been uh, would have been more kosher. Uh, and Rory Lobb omitted because he actually really struggled uh, on Friday night watching the game, and uh, they're bringing in Sam Darcy again. He's gotten over that hole in the lung, so that's that's really good for them. Uh, Jake Lloyd with an injury, Sheldrick with an injury, Tom Hickey omitted. Uh, when Armady comes in, Wicks comes in, and Corey Warner comes in again. So it's a huge game. Sydney favourites. Uh, the latter looking really strange with uh, the Dogs with nine wins and the Swans down at six wins. This is a must-win game for the Bulldogs, uh, but it is up at the SCG. But I'm, I'm going to take a pun. I didn't mind the way they played last week, the Dogs, apart from that one period. They've been getting some forward use. Jamara Ugelhagen, he looks amazing with his hands, even coming out of the 50. The only thing that I don't love about the Bulldogs at the moment, Cody Waitman, he could be an amazing small forward source. Two out of every three contests, he's diving on the floor for a free kick and he just needs to pull that out of his game completely and he can be one of the best small forwards in the competition because he's got a good pair of hands as well. Yeah, it's it's you're right. He actually is a really good footballer, and you say that, and then we're talking about you know we're just about to spend a couple of minutes about how he just needs to pull his head in, and it's just it's a bad look for the game, it's a bad look for him, and, and you can see that the umpires have already you know sort of adjusted the way they officiate him, and it's and I, don't, I don't really like the dogs, but he, he's a frustrating player to watch as an opposition player, but geez, he's got some good skills, and I wish he'd just focus on that and, and play footy. Yeah, and Uwe Hagen, his goal kicking can improve. He had two, three. Waitman kick four. Norton kick four. So they're they're all there all uh things firing bailey smith with his performances won't be as big a loss as uh people think so i'm just going to put a two-leg same game multi together and uh one of the legs doesn't really matter but it's only in there just so i can get the two legs we've got uh, the bulldogs one to 39 and then the bulldogs plus three and a half at three quarter time so i think it's going to be a, a close-ish game where the bulldogs won't uh dominate them uh, but the bulldogs one to 39 uh and the three-quarter time line there two dollars eighty and uh, if it doesn't win, I can get a bonus bet back and uh, try and pull in some profit. Yeah, I like the uh, the inclusion of the, the Bulldogs to win there. I'm a little bit surprised when you look at the ladder and how much the media has loved um, the Bulldogs in this, this season, that, that they are starting as outsiders. The ladder position would would suggest uh, that they should be higher on and they should be better respected. Sydney, I mean, they lose this game and, and their season's over. But in saying that, they win this game and they still need a lot of results to go their way. The Dogs will be looking for, for a good victory here. They were pretty good last week. They, know they had a, a bit of a purple patch in that middle where they, you know, they got piled on. But otherwise, they were pretty content. 
contestive, and, and they actually were pretty, pretty impressive for the rest of the, the game pairs. I thought Collingwood was really going to blow them out throughout the, across the yep. whole game. Oh, I, I really enjoyed their their forward entries and and the way they're making that forward line work with Norton, Uwehagen, and Waitman. Uh, I, I just think that's clicking, and I think against Sydney's defence, uh, they could be able to expose that uh, on the SCG. Yeah, they've got so many weapons to be able to to kill you uh, from obviously in the air. They've got their they've got their forward structure looking a lot better. Their, their leading patterns, and then they got Cody Waitman with with the crumbs, and Jeezy's a good crummer. Um, so I, I like uh, yeah. the Bulldogs of this one unit for me uh, straight on the nose with Bluebet. Uh, I'm looking at the you know just one unit on it um, because they are the Bulldogs, and <laughs> you know if you listen to me for the last couple of weeks, I'm still not convinced. But uh, after watching Sydney last week and that heartbreaking loss for them, I think that they won't be. But they'll struggle to bounce back the second thing i've done pairs is I've, I've, you can't avoid the uh the free hit with the the, the sports bet i've just gone really basic pairs um the swans give a, a fair way a fair few disposals away for for backman i'm looking for for bailey dale to get 25 or more he's done that in the last three weeks uh pretty pretty Not solid uh and i'm going the bonds to continue he's in ripping form this season uh 25 or more he's done that eight or nine times this season i don't even need to go to the stats because it's it's a, it's an easy one that one 215 for me two units on that one leg fails money back both leg fails when you said defender, I thought you were going to go uh, an Ed Richards or something like that as well. But no, um, the yeah, starting position there. off there, you know, that the Bulldogs love to handle it around. I think this will suit him uh, wildly. Yeah. And and speaking of that, this next clash is game of the round sort of stuff. It's at the MCG, Brisbane playing away, but a top four clash uh, after last week's performances. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, the lead-in was perfect, Pez. This is a massive game. $1.72 favourites are the Ds. Brisbane, $2.10. This game is at the MCG. Very important to discuss that. Minus 4.5 is the line over under. 164.5, Pez. This has been an absolute uh, hoodoo for Brisbane Lions. The last time that they won at the MCG, though, was against Melbourne last year in that semi-final. So it's a huge, huge game. It was a huge final last year. I'm expecting a big contest. And Brisbane, after being disappointing against Hawthorne last time they played the MCG... I'm really looking for them to bounce back. Yeah, and we know uh, Clayton Oliver's out. There's been talk about Grundy not being uh, fully fit to play. That that ruck duo got a bit uh, towed up by Rowan Marshall last week, who had a you know St Kilda one an, an easy three vote game. Like he he absolutely dominated around the ground uh, against the the big ruck duo. So people are saying you know it's not working. Uh, they might go back to one, and and Grundy might not even be good this week anyway. Uh, Brisbane come off a bit of a training drill, an 81 point win against West Coast, but they are travelling down to the MCG. Which which you brought out the stat last time. It was about a 14% difference uh, for wins compared to MCG to Etihad. Yep. Uh, it's super important. I backed them last time that the MCG and they uh, they let me down against Hawthorne. Like it, it was really poor, uh, only because it's the free hit and because uh, stuff Melbourne for last week. Christian Petrarca kicking really straight, you know, four goals straight. <laughs> uh, he he played an absolutely ripper game and and took uh, advantage of the the run through the middle against St Kilda. That's how you got to beat him with the handball. Uh, but I'm going to back Brisbane in here. Just Brisbane one to thirty nine uh, total game points over one thirty seven and a half picker in total. That's two dollars eight. With that uh, sports bet bonus back. What what are those odds? Two eighty seven. You'll never believe this. My odds for my two legs same game, mate. Odd two eighty seven as well. There we go. Two same legs. No, two different. Two different things completely. Um, I like what you said there about uh, stuff Melbourne because last week uh, you know Petrarca killed you, but that showcases the problem with with uh, Melbourne is that they need him in that forward line to kick kick three or four goals, especially without Bailey Fritch, and he does that. But the problem is that they need him in the midfield as well to be able to get him the ball. So if you had two Petrarcas, Clayton Oliver. If you had two Petrarcas, fantastic. But that's one of the deficits that Melbourne have, and I think that. 
Brisbane has caught them at a great time and they'll see blood in the water and, and they'll go absolutely gun and hoe for this game. This will be penciled in now. The moment that they, they you know the, the teams came out, Oliver out and the rest of those players you mentioned, they'll be looking for the win here. They performed last time at the MCG, last year in that semi-final. They'll be looking at what they did there. I really liked Cam Rayner last week. I thought he was fantastic stepping up his um, centre bounce attendances by 20%. The last three or four weeks, he's had Jeez. basically zero. Last week, he had 20% with Dunkley out. Lyon came on and took a lot of uh, Dunkley's positions. But Cam Rayner was on fire last week, and I think that they're going to actually really focus in on him because that semi-final against Melbourne, Cam Rayner had an absolute blinder. So I'm looking him for 15 or more disposals, $1.55. He's, you know, he's, he's done that a fair few times. He gets about averages 11 or 12 as a forward, as a defender. Put him in that midfield. I reckon he's a Mickey Mouse for that 15. And then I've just gone with Brisbane, just straight out for the win. 287, that gets me two legs, and I'm really confident in Brisbane to bounce back. They need this for a top four spot and a potential, you know, a, a bit of a leg over Melbourne going into those final series of a team that, that they're going to see again, possibly in Melbourne. Look, uh, looking at the ladder, it nearly guarantees Brisbane a top four spot as well, which is really helpful to our futures bets. It is as future. well, I source. looked at the odds for that. It's a dollar ten at the moment for them to finish top four, oh, so we're looking pretty good. How there. good is that? Our couple of units there as well. We're bringing in those profits too. But because it is a big game, I want to speak a little bit more about it because I did forget to say this last week. Uh, St Kilda they lost Max King early, and what they did is they bombed the ball in the forward line, and Stephen May took uncontested marks, intercept marks, and Petty took. Uh, those sort of marks. If Brisbane do the same thing, I would be very, very surprised. But you look at Brisbane's forward line with Hipwood, with Danaher, they don't even need to mark the ball. They can bring it to ground because they've got Charlie Cameron, they've got Lincoln McCarthy, they've got other players they can run through there, players like Zach Bailey. So I think Brisbane can use that to their advantage and not let Stephen May take uncontested intercept marks because if they do that, Melbourne will win the game. So Brisbane, if, if they take care of that side of it... Um, not take care of Petrarca completely, but, you know, contain him a little bit on the, on the scoreboard, uh, they'll be primed to win this. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the teams that, uh, they're one of the top four teams of marks inside 50. So they, they don't often just bomb it inside. They've got a very potent forward line and, and they've got a range of different ways to kill you. So I'd be really surprised that if Melbourne do that, uh, sorry, Brisbane do that, if they just blare away and just bomb it long because we know that that's how Melbourne kill you. They, they're the number one side for, for rebound 50s and scores off rebound 50, uh, intercept marks. That's not how you play Melbourne. And hopefully, we, we saw the formula last year. Again, I keep leaning on this Brisbane beating them last year, but we saw the formula of how to beat them last year. They chipped it around and they waited. They had some poise and some patience going into that 50. They hit out a target, long shots on goal. Hopefully, their scoring is in there and Brisbane win. Yeah, that's the other thing with Brisbane. They've got to kick yeah, straight. That, that, that's a big thing. That's over it? the last four years. But uh, <laughs> we better move on to the Saturday. We've got Collingwood taking on Fremantle, who... Everyone's saying it's season over for Frio after a, a massive loss against Carlton last week. Yeah, huge, huge loss at home for a young side. Um, I think we forget that they are such a young side. They were the, the youngest, uh, third youngest side last week, Fremantle, uh, which is really surprising considering a lot of us had uh, them as a top eight team and aspirations as top four for some people. Collingwood taking on Fremantle, ten favourites are the Pies. Fremantle $7 outsiders equal largest outsiders of the round with West Coast which is really interesting minus 40 and a half is the line over under 158 and a half Western Australian football hello oh just <laughs> get, get the, the old $14 double there how <laughs> is that 
Um, Collingwood, uh, it's looking like Dan McStay will come back from that finger injury as well this week. So uh, I think not that he's a, he's the best key forward in the competition, but he might be good for them to you know realise that what their structure is going to be moving into finals because they're obviously going to be there in the top four, uh, but they do need to fix that uh, forward structure a little bit because they do rely heavily on on goals from defence. And if they can get them in finals from the two Dacos brothers and uh, players from the wing, uh, all kudos to them, but it is a lot harder in finals. So we'll see how that happens. A dollar ten, no value. I don't like betting on the line in Collingwood games. Uh, so I am going to uh, sit this one out. Yeah, it's funny, Collingwood games, you generally don't like the line. The last couple of uh, games that they've played, though, they've started to move away from those close wins football. You look at the you look at the Western Bulldogs game there, they started to push away. You look at the week before, they had a pretty easy win against Gold Coast. I actually really like the line in this. I liked it earlier in the week at 38.5 or 39.5 if it was. Uh, Fremantle, the last four, four of the last five games, they've had a losing margin over 30 points. Magpies have the, uh, the, you know, one of the best defense in the league and the fourth best offense. So I like that combination. Um, if I was leaning anywhere, I'd lean between. The, sorry, I'd lean the line. Uh, I'll probably look at an alternate line if anything. Maybe if I bring it down to about thirty-five or thirty, and, and look at that dollar forty, dollar sixty mark. But uh, no official play for me in this one, Pez. I'll just uh, focus on the next game. Yeah, Fremantle uh, away from home. So. Uh the next game, uh, huge clash at HBS, the, the Gold Coast Suns with, with a new coach. I thought you were about to say H, H, uh, HSP then. I was getting a bit hungry late night uh, there. Yes, I have not had a HSP in, in a while, actually. I had a ripper one the other night after uh, after our little session there. Pairs went home and uh, ah. <laughs> a sneaky one uh, on the couch. It was good. The, uh, the local kebab shop at my joint, they've actually closed down. I think they've gone... Back overseas that's for because you six That's weeks. because you haven't had one in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you were keeping him in business. All right, let's get on to uh, a really important game for, for you know, the, the caretaker coach in, in, in King uh, and uh, the other King, well, actually no King boys for, for in, in this game. Ben King, either they... Well, he was, he was subbed off him, in, the, in the coach's box, weren't they? No, get here. Oh, right. Gold Coast taking on St Kilda, $1.60 favourites are the Suns, 236 outsiders, the Saints, minus 9.5 is the line, over, under, 161.5. Pez, I saw you Sunday, you were extremely flat about this game, it was oh. a very winnable game for you, and you basically said your season was over. This is a must win if you're trying to stay alive, but... I don't know what your chances are up in the Gold Coast. Not a, a team that you want to be facing this week with a new coach. Yeah, well, it's, a caretaker, I should say. Yeah, caretaker coach. We um we know the statistics. Uh, you know, over fifty percent wins for for caretaker coaches in their first game. The Saints with some injuries last week in that first quarter. Uh, you know, Ross did a hamstring and and King there. So there's a a couple of players like Caminiti. He made a few crucial errors last week for St Kilda. I know he's a young. A young forward. I heard you talk about this with your brother, and you were such oh, this poor bloke. Yeah, he, he cost us about four or five goals, <laughs> if we're being honest. And um, yeah, Jay and, Gresham, and you went. You were so funny. You watched it at home, and you were going through every single one with your brother. And your brother's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, they were they were at the at the game. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't go on the on the Saturday, so uh, yeah, we were we were pretty ropeable with that one uh, because they they got the inside fifties. They did all of that, but they they couldn't get the job done. So. Gold Coast, you know, possibly run over the top in this one, but uh, I've got a mate that's still in a, a winner's competition to win $27,000, and he's got the Gold Coast to beat the Saints. So I'll be cheering for the Gold Coast this week and and have no bet. Wow. No bet, and you're cheering for Gold Coast. Pez, Pez has lost hope. He's... <laughs> Lost hope. He's, he's going to win twenty seven k if if it happens. You I know, wouldn't. So. You know, it's funny if it was you. I wouldn't. I'd be cheering so hard for the Saints. <laughs> even 
<laughs> no, just kidding. All right, uh, I, I really like the Gold Coast uh, in this one. Uh, I mean, for for we talked about um, them in the start of the show, them doing what they needed to do. This for them is a game they just need to win. It's at the Gold Coast. Uh, sorry, it's in the Gold Coast. They've been pretty good in the Gold Coast. You know, they've had some some decent sort of wins up there. Um, they made it a bit of a fortress. They've only had the two losses, as I said, against the, the Swans in, the, in round one, which which you know everyone sort of expected, and a huge loss uh, against uh, Collingwood. And then they had Ooh, a win. That, they had a winnable yeah. game against. Melbourne that they should have they should have won and Melbourne snuck home in the end there so uh, I've liked their form um, but what I've liked even more is Sam Flanders Sam Flanders over the last three weeks in his role has been fantastic the Saints give away a heap of the pill he's the last three games since he's been back averaged 20 or more for him to get 20 or more disposals that's sitting at dollar thirty three. so I love the odds in that one Pez I think that is absolute market uh, old neighbourino neighbourino Flanders neighbourino Flanders uh, doing hello what is it the friendly no Neighborhood, the Spider Man, isn't it? <laughs> Friendly <laughs> neighborhood, Spider Man. <laughs> I don't know, it's late, all right. But uh, Sam Flanders, I like to get 20 or more. Uh, what I like even more, Pez, is Took Miller. And I'm so, so... Is he back? He's back, right? So if he's back for a second week. 20 or more disposals, he's paying $1.20. In the three years that he's been at the Gold Coast Suns, or the last three years, he's missed that twice, and one of them was the game he got injured, yeah. and he got 17. I don't understand against a team that gives away the pill as much as St Kilda do and a player that just collects the pill, they'll be looking. He had a nice softball last week. He still got his 20 last week in a, in a pretty, you know, a coming back to form or coming back to, to off, off an, a major injury and then playing into the Saints. He'll love that. He'll fill up. $1.20, put that in all your multis. And I've gone just the $1.60. Gold Coast to win, 2.37 odds, three legs, uh, same game multi with Neds, two units. I love that. Put him in all your multis. How many multis are people going to have on this? Just whack him, surely, in, whack him in. Surely well, you've seen, every, you've seen everyone on the internet following our, our terrible trend that we tried to do. What do we call it? The, the ladder? The ladder, climbing the ladder. Put him as one of your runs. A dollar twenty <laughs> to get 20 or more disposals, you fill up. Oh, it's, a, it's a bit of fun there, isn't it? And uh, Oh, you were right when you said it this before the round. Look at the next game, Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Huge. 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 And danger game for Port Adelaide. Carlton, who are in ripping form. They're, they're coming. They're coming. Ten years in the making, they are coming. What's that, three in a row now? <laughs> three in a row and big wins. That was a big win against Fremantle and blowing them out in the first what quarter they, as well. So they've beaten Fremantle? Yep. They've beaten, who'd they beat? Hawthorne? Hawthorne and, and Gold, Coast. Gold Coast. Yep. Three. Three nobodies. <laughs> so now taking on second on the ladder, Carlton taking on Port Adelaide, 2.25. This one is in Melbourne. Port Adelaide, $1.65 favourite, plus 6.5 is the line. I'm going the plus because that's the one on top, which is a rarity this week. Uh, so the over, 166.5 is total game points. This is a huge one for Carlton. There will be a sellout there, Pez. Second taking on, uh, I mean, you know, they have won three in a row, so 11th. 11th, oh, 11th they are. They're yep, but only yep, one win out of the eight or two wins out of the eight. Uh, this is a huge game, Pez. Where's your money? Yet. Oh, oh, this is uh, this is nuts. I'm keeping the uh, keeping the uh, result out of here because Port Adelaide and Carlton have played some uh, ripping ripping games at the MCG where there's been teams dominating and then teams coming back. But uh, my my lean over here is towards the goal kickers, and I, I want to have a look at uh, a few different things with with lineups and that. But I'm looking at the small forwards for Port Adelaide because I've noticed a little bit of a trend where uh, some small forwards kind of get on top of. Uh, the, the Carlton team when they're scoring against Carlton. And even when the scores are really low source, when, when teams score 10 or less goals against Carlton, still small forwards kick multiple goals against them. So I'm looking at Junior Rioli. 
Uh, he's paying $2.65 to kick two goals. Uh, but I'm also looking at any time goal scorer in the first half. And uh, Junior Rioli there is $2.03. So I don't know which way I'm going to go yet. I'll put it out on Twitter at Behind the Bound. But the other player I'm looking at, and I don't love betting on this player because his kicking is quite horrible, but I think high pressure against that Carlton backline, he might get a few Joe the Gooses or he might be able to uh, do it there. Anytime goal scorer, Sam Palpepper, is $1.47. Uh, and two or more goals, maybe a bit of value at $3.45. So that's market watch there. And I'll, I'll tweet out what I'm going to do later on in the round. It's, it's very interesting. You know, this one has everything to be what it should be, a danger game, as, as some people might say it, for, for Port Adelaide. But it's so funny, but with all the pressure, it's actually a danger game for Carlton because they've got so much expectation. Three in a row, everyone is talking about them. They're back. You know, the way that they're changing the football. But for me, Pez, I mean, you've got Carlton who has won their last three. They're on a massive high against three really bad teams, three teams that are not in the eight, three teams that are probably going to miss the eight, and we're writing home about them knocking off, you know, like they're knocking off top teams. Port Adelaide, on the other hand, what is it, 13 straight? They've escaped a close win after the siren. They've got the job done in Melbourne. They've won nine straight at Marvel. I love the value in this one. $1.68, Port Adelaide. I'd be putting that in all my multis as well, Pez. But what I'm going to jump on, because it is Carlton, and we know what Carlton do, when they're meant to win, what do they do? They just let you down. So I'm going 40 plus one unit, 560. <laughs> Port Adelaide. Oh, power. Port Adelaide. Well, all thing, over them. The thing about this game is, I, I don't know about the fixturing and stuff, but why in the world is this game at Marvel? Like, Carlton would be way better suited to be playing this game at the MCG against Port Adelaide. The odds would be even closer. Because no no Carlton supporter has their membership left. They've microwaved them, they've cut them up, they've, they've sold them. They need to sit under the roof there at Marvel. Yeah. Some of they? those true supporters have bought four memberships this year. But yeah. <laughs> in, in all honesty, though, that does suit Port Adelaide. If it Port does, Adelaide yeah. could choose, they're going to play at... At Marvel. And Port, Port Adelaide would be loving this because they, they, they're getting a chance at the MCG against a pretty pretty ordinary side, a middle-of-the-table side. And where does the, where's the grand final being played? In Melbourne at the MCG. They're loving this. This is what Brisbane need to get onto is these yeah, games Port regularly. Are, they're not playing at the MCG this round, though. That's yeah. what we're talking about. We're, oh, talking about. we're talking about Marvel. So Port Adelaide would still choose Marvel if they're looking for the four points. Oh, yeah, it's in if they're looking for finals experience, they'd probably want to go to the MCG. But they just need to secure that top two spot because then they only need to play in the MCG. Grand final day because they can have their other two finals at Adelaide Oval. Either way, I mean they they they, they played pretty well against um, against Essendon. That was it. That was it. No, that was at MCG, wasn't it? I'm getting my venues mixed up here. That was at the MCG. The kick after the sirens. Either way, all, all listeners need to know is Port Adelaide win forty plus five sixty. Jump all over that one. That uh, is that is well, a fill up. It's only Wednesday, sauce. Your fill week's up. finished. Fill it up. <laughs> your, your week's done. <laughs> I've only been back to work three days, and I feel like I've been working for three months. I'm absolutely knackered, Pez. All right, let's get on to the next game. Oh, this will excite you. This does excite me. It's a Saturday night game at the Cattery Alphabet Stadium. A dollar twenty eight favorites are the Cats. Three seven. Outsiders is Essendon, and I've uh, messed up my screen there. Minus 22.5 is the line, over under 168.5. Pez, while I, I get this back together, we know I could speak about the Cats all day. Tell me about why Essendon stay competitive in this game. Yeah, before that, I want to speak about the venue here because uh, Essendon is the the second team well, to play the least amount of games at Cadinia Park, which is five games, and Collingwood, the only other one, which is three games. Now, this... Renovation at Alphabet Stadium was meant to be complete. 
by this round, which is why they've put a, a blockbuster-type team in Essendon, big crowd, in there. A lot of Essendon supporters really shitty that they you know, mm. can't get a ticket this week and they're going to lock out 50,000 fans. Mm. But uh, what do you reckon? Oh, oh, yeah. You're asking me about a venue thing and Geelong gets stuffed. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't want to hear one Victorian or one Melbourne supporter, or sorry, Essendon supporter, complain about this drive. Geelong has given up home finals when finished top of the ladder the last... 30 years and now Essendon 30 years now Essendon now Essendon have to travel down the highway 45 minutes oh god they have to to play an away game they can't get a ticket oh well stuff they haven't been going to their games for the last fucking four years Pez Essendon's fans piss off That'll fire you up about the game. That's nice. I can't um, believe, I can't, you're just fishing there too. You'd be, you'd well, I am, but it's uh, statistically. Uh, but yeah. we, we heard Brad Scott today. He came out and said, I'm happy to play a team uh, away at their home venue. Yeah. Like, he, he understands it. But is that a little bit of uh, brotherly love there? Because he's just going, you know what, I'm not going to... Happy to, happy to play. But the thing Geelong. is, Geelong is always happy to play. They play better play home games at, at their venue. They play better play home games at someone else's venue. They should do they, it. They shouldn't have played that home final there against Fremantle that day. That that might have. No, been they should have. They should. You know what? You lose, you lose. They should. They deserve it. They should have played their home finals against Richmond. They should have played their home finals against Collingwood. All righty, source. We better get into the game now. <laughs> no um, bet, no bet do- for me. No. A dollar twenty-eight. <laughs> is it too short to be going Geelong head to head? It's it's not a guaranteed. Essendon have been in really good form. Uh, they've looked they've looked good when they've moved the ball. They're playing an exciting brand of football. I am a little worried about their their, their defence against the forward line. Jeremy Cameron set to come back. Ollie Henry's been in pretty good form. Tom Hawkins, of course, uh, you know they, they always struggle with uh, Tom Hawkins, but they do have a couple of um, backmen that are able to play in there. You got Thatcher. You've got the other bloke, uh, Laverde. Uh, he's been looking good as well in return. They really missed him last time against the Hawk. Uh, sorry, against Hawkins. He kicked six in the first half. Looking to kick 10 uh, But then You know Essendon Changed the the, the the landscape of that game After that first quarter I think they'll be It'll be a pretty close game I'd be liking Probably Geelong The 1-39 to 39, Or even possibly The Essendon head to head But I'm not going to have A bet on the result Bez, But I do have my bonus bet Which I'll talk about After your little bet You're going to put down Alright well, I can I'm, see you there You've got a bet ready to go Yeah I'm putting um, You know the, the stand That's not finished yet And you've got the old Construction workers Standing in the stand Ready to give the footy back I've got a construction worker to be hit on the helmet uh, two or more times sitting <laughs> you're looking at me like a serious stuff because no, I like the odds <laughs> it's not bad is it that's 450 so tell you uh, what the, 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 uh, the workers would be sitting there and they're like oh it's a Saturday night game spewing that's time and a half oh it's a <laughs> night game that's triple time after just put, seven, just, just put the heated jacket on the Milwaukee. Uh, right, you, you know, sit, you sit them there with their cup of noodle soup. They they got their they're having smoko every ten minutes. They they'd be loving life up there. They're all good there. Now this isn't a locked in one yet because I do want to see if Jeremy Cameron comes into the side. I want to see what Essendon are giving uh, back in defence. But um, I, I like the tall forwards against the Bombers and especially at GMHBA. So Tom Hawkins to score three or more goals. It's it's not as good value as last week with Jesse Hogan, but it's two thirty five at the moment. Now I think if Jeremy Cameron gets gets named, I think you can get a little bit better price on Tom Hawkins. And I've only looked on Sportsbet at the moment. I haven't had time to to shop around. So definitely shop around if you're going to jump on this one. Uh, so three or more goals, 235. And I think you'll get a bit worse price if uh, Jeremy Cameron doesn't 
go into the side. But yeah. uh, Hawkins to kick three or more. I really like that uh, that matchup, uh, um, and especially if Jeremy Camry doesn't come in. I expect Cameron to come back. I think they'll, they'll play him against a side that really struggles against tall forwards, and I think Essendon will put a lot of attention onto Hawkins, especially after the way he sort of destroyed them last time. And once they shut him down, those goals sort of stopped in. What I've liked is that... Ollie Henry's been a real focal point of that offense, and you know, with him being in there, averaging three or more uh, shots on goal the, all season, basically, Jeremy Cameron to come in. I think the next defender obviously goes to to Jeremy Cameron, but their forward structure has been built around Ollie Henry and Hawkins. So I like the value there, and I've put my bonus bet, a two unit bonus bet, on Ollie Henry to kick three or more goals. A taller forward against Essendon who have a deficit there, four dollars ten, and I love those odds. And I think that it'll even uh, increase if Jeremy. Cameron does come in as well so there's a chance that he doesn't come in so if he doesn't $4.10 you love that you expect that to crunch if he doesn't come in you know you're going to be loving this if uh, Cameron doesn't come in because uh, exactly you're right that's be, what I'm saying you're going to be uh, as I said I think, I think I'm win-win so the way I think they're going to play it is that if Jeremy Cameron comes in the forward structure is still there they'll push him up the ground a little bit they'll rest in there but Ollie Henry will spend I think a most majority of his time in that inside 50 so I'm loving life if he doesn't come it, in to well, kick, he's the second forward to kick three goals he only needs what Seven, eight shots on goal with his with his goal kicking. Yeah, he, has, he has absolutely burnt me three or four times this year. So this is my one and my last one, Pez, and done on uh, Ollie Henry. So speaking of done, let's get on to the next game. Adelaide taking on GWS. Dollar thirty eight favourites, of course, are Adelaide returning home. So the trend will say that they win three oh five GWS, who are making an impressive run for finals. They they're coming back. They've hit the they're one more win away from hitting their over at eight point five, which I'm hoping that they lose everyone from here. Minus sixteen and a half is the line over under 173 and a half pairs uh, Adelaide return to home so Adelaide re- Adelaide win basically yeah Adelaide win uh, $1.38 you, you'd think so but the Giants have been impressive they've been staying in games uh, the Giants actually came back against Adelaide in round one and were able to you know get the chocolates and come back so they have been able to do that before the, the Giants just need uh, some big game performance so they need Toby Green to stand up they need Jesse Hogan to to play a really crucial game up there down forward but at Adelaide over with the forward line Adelaide got have the way they move the ball through the middle of the ground they didn't put any pressure on last week so they're under under big pressure this week because they sit outside the eight the year they sit ninth so they need to jump into that eight by having a really big win here I just like this game to be a bit free-flowing with the way these two sides played. Last time they played, it was 196 total game points. The t- over-under sits at 173 at $1.88. I think I can get a little bit better price there, but uh, over 173 or around the mark at $1.88, locking that in for two units. Yeah, I love that bet, Pez. Um, when you were talking about that, I looked up my spreadsheet. I have that uh, the game going about $1.88. Dollar, a dollar, uh, uh, $1.88 is the what I've got it going. I like that. Uh, GWS are a high-scoring side high possession side Adelaide like to score at will as well and we know what they do in Adelaide look for your first quarter too look at your over under goals for first quarter Adelaide pile it on in Adelaide early and hard so if you can find some value there about the five and a half six mark jump all over that total goals for the quarter I think you can get odds normally about a dollar eighty dollar seventy something like yeah, that it's usually, yeah, uh, I'm steering clear with this one just because it's a Saturday night game or my put my attention over to the Geelong game I won't be able to watch it so uh, I'll look for some value with disposals probably GWS giving up a lot of the pill fourth most in the league uh, Adelaide generally aren't a high possession team but look for Dawson look for uh, keys in that in that midfield I wish you could bet on uh, disposal efficiency for Dawson, over ninety percent efficient. Oh, I, I, I like something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, if, you, if, you, if he's in charge of your city pairs, you need him to be efficient. So, yeah, well, he, he needs to make the finals if he wants to keep that 
that role there. Well, an All-Australian so. jumper won't, won't, won't solidify All-Australian captain. He's not going to get All-Australian captain if he doesn't make But he'll be an All-Australian. He'll be an All-Australian lock, I'd say. Yeah, but what does All-Australian mean anymore? It means, it means a lot from a team that, you know, possibly you know, we thought, a lot of people thought we were going to be bottom six. They called out at the start of the year finals, and I think that's a big big standing point for nah, Dawson. You know I don't like the All-Australian team. Yeah, I know. All right, let's get on to the Sunday games. Only two of them, pairs, and they are rubbish. North Melbourne taking on Hawthorne. Battle of the bottom at Eddie Had. 2.55 outsiders are North Melbourne. Hawthorne, $1.52. Minus 13.5 is the line. Over, under, 171.5 pairs. You hate North Melbourne. Hawthorne haven't been playing well. Don't hate North. Okay, well, then tell me why they win. Um, well, Sicily comes back this week, doesn't he? It's unfortunate, isn't it? So that's uh, <laughs> very unfortunate for North, uh, which is why... Uh, Hawthorne are there. They've got uh, some decent young players. Uh, they're, they're not really at risk of go, dropping anywhere in the draft pick stages. They can they can have a freebie here and not have to worry about tanking or losing because they will uh, get that third pick by the looks of things at the end of the season. So uh, I think Hawthorne might win. Uh, North, a couple of players would have to have a really big game in Zerha, Larky, maybe Stevenson pop up for a couple as well. But yeah, just staying away on, on the early Sunday game. But uh, there's that, my thoughts. I like North Melbourne in this one. I think they've been um, building towards a win. I like that this game's at Eddie Head. I've mentioned a couple of times they've been in games in Tasmania or they've been in games uh, playing away. Um, you know, you look at GWS, you look at Sydney last time they played at, um, at Marvel Stadium. They, they should have won, won that one. I like the value in North Melbourne, but I'm also not putting my money down on a team that's the two teams that are sitting bottom four. Uh, it's just there's no value in it. It's too high of a risk. You don't know what's going to unfold. But I would probably be leaning towards North Melbourne because you're paying, getting two fifty plus. Yeah. Because you're getting two fifty plus. Um, but other than that, I'd be staying away from that. Uh, speaking of staying away, I, I wouldn't be hitting this game with anyone's money. West Coast taking on Richmond. Seven dollar outsiders are West Coast. Richmond a dollar ten favourites. Minus forty one and a half is the line. Over under one seventy three and a half pairs. Uh, I haven't checked this one, but I thought last time that uh, Richmond played West Coast. This this one actually was at SBS Stadium. Uh, didn't they thump them by like 100 points over at SBS? Or was that in Melbourne, was it? Or was that the gather? That was, that, the was gather, that was the gather round, was it? No, no, they played um, They played in Melbourne, I think. Oh, I just, yeah, I just had this faintest memory and I should have checked it, but I had no... I think that I was at the MCG, that game. Don't care at all about this game, to be honest. Uh, but minus 41 and a half is the line is probably the only talking point, only value in this game because it is under 82, which was the last week, which uh, miraculously uh, they covered. But I'm uh, really if, interested to hear your thoughts on this if one. If any of the listeners want something to look at, they need to go to uh, goals, obviously, for uh, Richmond forwards, uh, usually high scoring against the Eagles, especially over at Optus Stadium. So... Uh, I haven't even bothered looking at that game at the moment because uh, I wasn't interested in the Sunday uh, right now. But what I have done, Source, to finish off the show, I'll put my bonus bet down there. You put it on before at a, an Ollie Henry. Correct. So I've just gone a four-leg multi here, and it has to be with sports bets. So if there's better odds elsewhere, it doesn't matter because I can't put my bonus there. But I've just gone uh, the Thursday night game, the Bulldogs to win um, at odds, Lions to win on the Friday night at odds, Adelaide and Geelong on the Saturday night, both the favourites to get up there. 771, that's pain, and I'll, I'll just chuck the bonus on that and uh, go for a Hail Mary. Uh, what, exactly what you said, Pez. There's no value in this one. I like your, uh, your multi's not too bad because there's no value in a Sunday game on a Wednesday night where the line is 40 and a half. I'm not, I'm not touching that with anyone's money. So that's me done for the round, Pez. Uh, let's look Let's look forward to a really nice uh, nice winning round in 18 and hopefully we set up uh, the rest of the year with just like some of these teams hope to set up finals. Yeah, uh, when we've got seven uh, rounds to go, in, including the round coming up, and we do have our futures bets 
which are you know pending also. So we've got um, we both have uh, West Coast season wins under eight and a half. So that's absolutely a, that's nailed that, Piers. That was free money. That's that, a, that was the same line as GWS. And Crazy. Look, looking at that, there we both have two units on it, which yep. is uh, very good. Thank you very much. A dollar eighty-seven. Well, that's uh, already that's already should have already paid out. Brisbane over fourteen and a half wins. So that's that's looking two more, I think. That's looking really decent with seven games to go. So we've got a unit on that each, uh, and we've also got Brisbane to finish top four. So if they win against Melbourne, that's that's nearly a lock. They're already two games clear. They'll be three games clear if they can win on Friday night. That's a two twenty five. So there's a unit on that. Um, you have GWS unders and Richmond overs. So that's kind of where. It, it might not happen. I've also got Richmond overs, which it won't happen. And I've got Essendon under ten and a half wins. So, uh, well, they're they're on nine wins, and uh, GWS are on eight wins. So we're we're point five away from that uh, crumbling, Pez. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I think I've got two to work with if Essendon are on nine wins. But uh, Adelaide needed to beat them last week, and uh, it, it didn't happen. But the futures bets are all looking to be profitable. So uh, we'll continue to make that profit and uh, and go from there. Yeah, and to check out those futures as well as of all of our other bets, jump onto at Behind the Bound on Twitter. Uh, jump onto our TikTok. Uh, I'm sure it's at Behind the Bound yeah, uh, sure. for all of those. Search <laughs> up that. Look for two very handsome gentlemen uh, talking shit about football um, because that's what we do, Pez. And, and well, look, look the for the media, profit. The media manager is going to get sacked because they didn't put the Darcy Fogarty video out. Yeah, I know. They, they only pick the, uh, the losing bets to put out up on Twitter, which is actually better for... Uh, the followage because you get more uh, more action then. I mean, the issue is, Piers, that we record on it well, Wednesday night. <laughs> the, the, the two games where we always have bets are the Thursday, Friday. So I get work my ass off to get those off. And then, you know, there's not enough time Saturday morning <laughs> to, to be able to get these all off. So I will look for uh, the new media manager, Piers, because he, he's fallen behind <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Need to get someone capable that's, uh, that's not me. Oh, maybe you could just lift a finger <laughs> and do anything for this podcast, Piers. Because I am carrying it. I'm the yes. media manager. I am the filmer. I am the editor. I am the recorder. I'm the looks. I'm the talent. You've got nothing on this, Piers. You yeah. nothing. Uh, well, you, and you, every week you intro, I'm the host. But that's all you do. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> head to head, 333. <laughs> And you're on two, so uh, just uh, keep quiet eight, on that eight, one a little bit. Three, oh, I've got to win this week. It wasn't a head-to-head win. I got the money on the head-to-head on the show. You lost the 50 bucks on the table. That was my own personal profit, doesn't count, I'll take the win. <laughs> All right, we are getting uh, delusional here, so uh, have a great round, 18. Good luck on the punt. I'm Pez, peace out. I'm still Pez. I'm still Pez. <laughs> oh, God, Shit, I'm, I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time. No!